Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Warning, guests of the Roy Green Show may experience the truth, being in the hot seat, and in some cases, crying. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. Did he say guests on the Roy Green Show may experience crying? That has actually has happened. We, we did have a federal government minister on air a number of years ago who started crying because the questions were a little, I guess, too tough. One of those moments, along with the Jack Layton storming out of the studio one day, because he didn't like the question I was asking him. And he got up and he said, that's it, I'm out of here. I don't have to take this. I said, no, you don't. Bye, Jack. And off he went. And as he was heading toward the front door of the radio station, I knew the speakers were above his head, so I kept saying, Jack, who's this going to reflect badly on, you or me, you or me? He came back. He sat down, did the rest of the show through clenched teeth. We needed Jack back on the air. Two days later, we called him, and he came right in and did it. Bygones were bygones. But that minister who started the crying never came back. I asked you for some contributions for the Justin uh, names for the Justin Trudeau tour. As uh, the prime minister is going to cross Canada three, four times a day, he's going to stop where the average people are and take a selfie with you. Um, <laughs> Stu Campbell, Todd Banks, right? The selfie-ish tour. I like that. The selfie-ish tour. We, uh, we also have um, a slumming it tour. That's from Ro- at Rosenhoward. And uh, Justin Payne no gain tour was another entry at the Roy Green Show is where you can provide your ideas, your name for the Justin Trudeau Tour of Canada. A week ago, Alberta introduced a provincial carbon tax. Many of the pundits like it. Better than they like the Ontario cap-and-trade scheme, which is partnered by Quebec and California. That's just weird. Uh, Although, you know, I I said pundits like it. Many in the provinces, Alberta and Ontario, are unhappy about these taxes and concerned businesses will flee and jobs will disappear. The question is how will Canada's business community respond to higher taxes and more expensive goods and services massively increasing electricity prices, and particularly since the United States is going to drop its corporate tax rate to 15%, and the Americans will have no carbon tax. I'm not sure all of this is registered on our 
prime minister yet. I'm not sure that that's caught up with him at his Bahamian vacation. Tom Caldwell is the chairman of Caldwell Securities in Toronto. He's past governor of the Toronto Stock Exchange, and he's recognized as one of the world's foremost investors in securities exchanges. And Tom, I keep saying, and I say it again, you're our, you're our island of sanity. <laughs> well, Roy, I promise I won't cry or walk out. If that <laughs> There's a book waiting to be written, you know. I, I, I may do that one day. Well, there's so much that can be said. Usually when there's so much that can be said, it's probably better to say nothing because you're not going to convince anybody. <laughs> Maybe. I, I was calculating uh, a while back how many interviews I've done, and I think it's around 70,000. Good for you. Good yeah, for you. and I've survived each and every one of them. That's a great career. Yeah, I've... Uh, well, let's not talk about it in the past tense. I, uh, I still, I still enjoy doing this. And I are still here. <laughs> I still, I still enjoy it. Tom, uh, when you look at uh, Ontario and Alberta, Alberta with the uh, carbon tax, Ontario with cap and trade, and and that weird combination of uh, Quebec and California and Ontario, and has, which has the Auditor General concerned that when it comes time for reporting, that Ontario. Uh, uh, Quebec and, and California may fudge the numbers because they'll use all three uh, sets of emissions reductions, if there are any, and they'll apply them to, the, to, to each individual constituency. When you look at these, these two initiatives, the, the carbon tax and the cap and trade for Alberta and, and Ontario, what do you see? What do you, how, how's the business community viewing this? Well, first off, I see chaos. You know, Canada is a big country geographically, but it's not from a population perspective. And another uh, truism I would I would provide to governments: whatever California is doing, go the other way. Don't do it. The the, the two regimes make it very difficult. But it, it's interesting. Every politician is scrambling to look as if they're environmentally friendly, even if it's costing taxpayers significant amounts of money. Example: the province of Ontario is buying carbon credits. Uh, I don't know what the cost is. Somewhere, and the number I hear is about 140, 150 million dollars. That's that's just going for window dressing. It's not doing anything about environmental. You're buying credits from someplace else to say, "Haha, we've reached our environmental targets." And that 140 million, I know about trading carbon credits and whatever. <laughs> it's probably going into the hands of some Russian oligarch for Pete's sake. You're buying, literally, you're buying smoke or the lack thereof, and. You know, our government seems to have very little consideration of what the fundamentals of an economy are. Eventually, you, governments, cities, countries, provinces are all in competition with each other, with the U.S., with states, etc. And you reach a point where you're, you're trying to uh, appease one particular lobby group, and you can be doing pretty serious structural damage in the process. I think we're doing that. Um. When you look at the province of Ontario specifically, and and you consider these massive electricity price hikes that are, go hand in hand with with cap and trade, I was reading a column by Anthony Fury in the Toronto Sun uh, day before yesterday, and he talked about he wrote about a company that is an, a subsidiary of an American company, and they received a bill for electricity for a hundred and twenty things so one hundred and twenty three thousand dollars for uh, either one month or two months. But the delivery cost was 100000 and the, the actual electricity cost was 23000 And the individual, the manager of the company, will not, or is trying not to let the home office know 
because his concern is that if they find out in the U.S. what's happening, they'll close the Ontario company and just move the jobs to the United States. Well, there's going to be enough motivation in that direction anyway. Uh, we seem to be kind of poking that stick in people's eye. The You know, our hydro bills are a result of nothing other than uh, mismanagement, misgovernment, and corruption. I mean, we spent tremendous amounts of money buying high-cost energy from econ- uneconomical sources. Oh, yeah, it's great to have wind power and solar power, etc. And uh, you know, the sooner we can move in that direction, that's great. But to get away ahead of the curve and start wasting money on it that costs tremendous amounts, and, and, and these are jobs we're going to be talking about. I think Toronto, or should I say Ontario and Quebec, have significant problems coming in the manufacturing sector, and that's not only because of Mr. Trump, but these items that you're mentioning as well. There are problems coming here, and no one seems to see it coming like a railroad train, for God's sake. And yet you have the Premier of Ontario simply saying that, well, she made a mistake when it comes to electricity, and you have citizens of the province, half a million can't afford their hydro bills, but you have you have people, real people, choosing between food and clothing and heating because they can't afford the electricity prices that Kathleen Wynne and her government have have created. There's no, there's no need for them. They're not doing any good, but they've created them, and the premier says, well, it's just a mistake. Well, it's easier for her to discount it, but I do think there's a lot of angst being created because of flawed policies, the timing of flawed policies, and basically corruption. If you look at the plants we were building and canceled and penalties being paid for this, this happens all the time. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars just thrown out the window. And the interesting thing is that whenever the Auditor General's report comes out federally and the counterpart in Ontario, nobody listens to it. Everybody ignores it. Oh, well, that happens because we, we, we uh, our, our dealings with governments result in just basically low expectation. But I do think the, the current government in Ontario, and, I, and I, I'm, I don't care, I'll vote liberal conservative, it doesn't matter to me, but they've transcended our low expectation barrier as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there really, really has to be a, a wake-up call for whoever is going to be running the province. We're in a tough competitive game, and we're setting ourselves up for some real difficult times. And that means people, as you said, people, jobs, employment. That's yeah. and, and yet the people who are delivering these taxes, like Justin Trudeau with his magical carbon tax, for which, as Brad Wall, the Premier of Saskatchewan, pointed out twice on this program recently, the Prime Minister admitted that he'd done no sort, not, no financial impact study of any kind. So you've got that. You've got Canada with a 34% corporate tax and carbon tax, if I have my numbers correctly. And the United States will, under Donald Trump, have 15% corporate tax and no carbon tax. That doesn't, I mean, it's not, it's not it's not uh, rocket science to figure out where people are going to park their businesses. Oh, absolutely. The, the challenge is our, our, our prime minister wants everybody to like him. And when you come out in leadership on that basis, you, you, you cave into almost every pressure group or loud voices that appeal to you. And, you know, I always say as a leader, if everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. Uh, you mentioned his tour across the country. I noticed something in the paper today that struck me as very strange. Uh, Trudeau is not attending um, President Trump's inauguration. Now, you know, people, oh, well, we don't like Trump. I, I don't want to even hear that guff from people. Like it or not, he's going to be the president, he's going to be running the store, and he's going to have an impact on Canada. Ergo, sooner or later, as Ariel Sharon said many years ago, you've got to talk to your enemies. You've got to establish a relationship. For him to uh, play the game his dad did, you know, poke the Americans uh, in the nose from time to time, is not going to work this time around. We have to develop dialogue, uh, discussion, where you can have a voice in Washington. And starting out with that, and, and again, listen, I'm not a fan of Trump. He's in many ways is an odious character. 
But one thing I do know about him is he does keep grudges. And if you don't do that, I'm not saying you dance to them and you, and you pander to the man, but there's certain protocols that you should do. And when you don't, it's considered an insult, and he won't forget it. And Hillary and Bill Clinton will be there. Barack Obama will be there. Michelle Obama will be there. The Bushes, I think, are going to be there. There's no reason for our prime minister to play the tough guy because he's not dealing with an overweight, uh, aging senator in the ring now. Well, he, well he's, he's not a tough guy anyway. Despite no, he's the not. Fact, you know, he has the other little punch-up kind of thing. You know, a tough guy, tough isn't what you can inflict, it's what you can endure. And basically, he's got to go and say, just go and be there. You don't have to run around and kiss his ring or anything else like that. But we have to establish a dialogue to get discussions going early because we're going to have lots of stuff to talk about. And if you decide you're going to, uh, we're going to be independent. Like his dad played that card. And uh, now he's playing it against Nixon. And uh, uh, mercifully, we followed up with having better relations um, with Ronald Reagan. Uh, and Mulroney. But uh, the problem here is that if he starts out on this basis, we're going to have an uphill discussion going on. Yeah, and frankly, every issue from softwood lumber to autos, and the scary thing is autos, like it or not. Well, I want to talk to you about that when we come back. We'll take a break. We'll come back and talk more with, uh, with our, our good friend from uh, uh, Tom Caldwell from Caldwell Securities, chairman of Caldwell Securities. It's the auto sector that is something to be concerned about. And Donald Trump's uh, press secretary had something to say about Canada and the auto sector, and Donald Trump. I don't know if it registered on the prime minister. By the way, Justin Trudeau is not the intellectual equal of his father. We'll come back after this. Roy may be a lot of things, but shy isn't one of them. He never backs down from a good debate. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I will uh, have opportunity for you to share with us whether you uh, support the idea of carbon taxes and or cap and trade uh, on the phone shortly before the end of the hour. So please don't go away. I want to hear your thoughts. Um, here's an, an email, or at least not, not an email, a tweet from at uh, E. Grabutsky. Uh, I heard that Toyota's pulling some production out of Ontario and moving it to Mexico. That would have been last year that announcement was made, and it's the Toyota Corolla. What has also happened is that Donald Trump has fired a shot across Toyota's bows now and and is talking about if those Corollas that are going to be built in Mexico are going to be brought into the United States, that accompanying them is going to be a large tariff. And Mr. Trump, of course, delivered that message to Ford with the Result that Ford decided that it was going to invest in its in its uh, plant in, uh, in in Michigan, seven hundred million dollars and seven hundred more jobs. Um, Tom Caldwell, chairman of Caldwell Securities, is with us. Uh, Tom, what about Mr. Trump's actions? He he, he can't he can't govern uh, company by company by company over four years. Or, or is it a case where if you fire five or six shots across the bows, you send the message and the rest will fall in line? I think. Ford, uh, they got a lot of free press out at the president's in favor of them. If the Ford president calls the uh, president of the United States uh, after his inauguration, he's going to get through in the line. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a very clear message for the whole automobile industry. It isn't just taking company by company. You just need, to, you just need to, a few companies to make an example of them, and the rest of them will cave right away. And, and, and they have to. They, they will have to do that. So uh, it's, it's, a, 
it is managing by bullying to some degree, and that seems to be part of his style. Um, uh, how successful it is in the long run, it's hard to say, because eventually countries will retaliate to the extent that they can. Now, what, what impact that has in the U.S. may not be any, I don't know. But uh, you, the, the danger with this style is it can precipitate a trade war, which, of course, uh, presages the Great Recession, so the Great Depression, should I say. So there, there's a, it's a tricky game he's playing, but he's got, some, uh, he's got some runway to pull it off for the time being. He, uh, through his press secretary this past Tuesday, when the issue of Canada's automakers and Canada's auto sector was brought up, and the history of Canada's auto sector with the United States, his press secretary said that uh, as far as um, uh, Canada's facilities are concerned, they will also be subject to, quote, America first, end quote, policy. Yeah, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. When he had his meeting with the group of industrial leaders and, uh, and the tech community uh, a month or two ago, uh, he said, there's only two things you have to know, only two instructions I have for American industry, buy American and hire American. And that's it, nothing else. That doesn't leave a lot of running room for niceties of, well, we had this trade agreement and we're your closest partner, and by the way, our prime minister is a really nice guy. Uh, none of that matters. Those two statements encompass everything. And make no mistake, our auto sector will come into the crosshairs. Uh, to what extent he can do anything, given the treaties that exist, that's, of course, another matter. But there will be the pressure to impact uh, I had a luncheon with the president of Ford Canada some months ago, and uh, she was indicating that the real competition for uh, Canada is not America, it's, of course, Mexico. We lose jobs to Mexico just as Americans do. So how we can present that point. But these subtleties have to be communicated through dialogue, and we should be working at starting to establish who we're going to be chatting with down there and establishing a degree of goodwill. I don't think that's come into the um, consciousness of our people in Ottawa yet. No, and as you pointed out, Mr. Trump has a long memory oh, and yeah. quick access to Twitter. Absolutely. He, he, uh, <laughs> it's like all, you know, he, he should be an Irishman. We forget everything but the grudge. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Always great talking to you. Happy Thank New you. Year. All the best. Thanks. Bye-bye. Tom Caldwell, Caldwell Securities in Toronto. All right, 1-800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428 is my number. And a really simple question. Do you support carbon taxes and or cap-and-trade as being helpful to save the planet? Or do you consider carbon taxes and cap-and-trade and the save-the-planet mantra to be a left-wing money redistribution lie? It's 1-800-263-2428. Polar opposite points of view. Which one do you adopt? Carbon taxes and cap-and-trade, are they helpful in saving the planet? Or do you think that carbon taxes and cap-and-trade and the save-the-planet mantra is nothing but a left-wing money redistribution lie? And then another question I have for you is this one. Do we have the right guy in the prime minister's office to deal with the American administration of Donald Trump? Do we have the right guy in the Prime Minister's office now. We'll come back and find out what you say.